Hi again, listeners. Um, Alan back again here. Yeah. Nice to have another chat again. And um, today I'm definitely going to talk about one specific bird, and it's going to be about our national bird, uh, the South African national bird, the blue crane. The other thing is, I have some really, really fantastic news, and I will be having a guest on my next podcast. As um, I've asked Dominic Rollinson, one of the co-authors of the latest Sassel Birding Guide, who also happens to work for Birding Eco Tours as a senior guide and also their website manager. He'll be on um, the next time, so I'm really looking forward to it because he knows so much. And we'll be chatting about seabirding, and I, for myself, will definitely be learning a lot. So all I can say, keep tuned in because it's going to be fantastic uh, on my next one in two weeks' time. But on... Again, oh, the other thing I do need to tell you, there is another one coming up. I did mention it in the past. There's another lovely bird count that I tend to go to about 11 or 12 years now, and that's the uh, birding weekend in the um, up in the Golden Gate area. For the It's taking place uh, around about the 5th to the 8th, not around about, actually, <laughs> the 5th to the 8th of February, uh, which is a bird count for the Golden Gate National Park. It's always put together by a really brilliant bunch of, of, of guys and girls uh, from the honorary rangers. Um, and it's always been a great, great weekend just to be away in the middle of nowhere counting birds. And it's it's really, really important to keep these records up to date. So if you have time available and you want to get involved, uh, just comment on our Facebook or contact the honorary rangers at Golden Gate and I'll give you some more details about that. All right, folks, uh, that's a little bit of... Uh, sideline that I'm going to carry on, but now I'm going to talk about our South African national bird, the blue crane, which is also known as the Stanley crane or Paradise crane. Their scientific name, Anthropoidus paradisius, which as I said comes from the Latin word paradise. It all sounds Greek to me, but there we go. Um, and that is this beautiful, beautiful uh, blue crane of ours. It's um, possibly referring to its, you know, if you have a look at it, it's got this most beautiful, elegant neck with this bulbous type head appearance, but this beautiful white head and sleek neck, and it walks around. It's, it's really it's such a beautiful bird, especially in flight. They fly so beautifully, and and uh, they, they are a gorgeous bird to actually look upon. They have this appearance around them as I said they, they're just gracious they normally fly in a V formation when you do see them you'll see them a lot actually in the air if you're around the areas where the blue cranes do habitat and they normally fly in a V formation but um, a lot of the times they walk around the ground while foraging and there's normally um, in the winter they they tend to flock together and feed around together and in summer they tend to move off with their partners up into the little slightly higher areas and, you know, put their nests down. But we'll talk about that a little um, later. I do know that when they're threatened or disturbed, they, they kind of adopt this stiff strutting walk and they shake their heads and flick their bills, you know, from side to side. Um, yeah, it is one of the world's most really range-restricted cranes. Uh, this bird has been listed as vulnerable by the RCUN, and for those that don't know what RCUN is, it's the International 
Union for Conservation of Nature, and the Red Dada Book of Birds. That's the regional status, which is also they status that's uh, near threatened. At present, we have roughly I don't know between twenty and twenty-five thousand individual cranes. Uh, when initially following these birds, from the time I started uh, birding, I, I've been referencing a lot of bird books and articles, and that's where I get a lot of my details from. So you know, gather sort of information and stays in your head from time to time. You don't have to read up about it, but um, most of my references come from the um, Overberg Crane Group because that's where most of them are. And of course, BirdLife International, and my usual bird guides, Roberts and Sassel. The one thing I can tell you, this species has declined immensely over the last two de decades, and I think it's mostly due to poisoning, you know, accidentally, which means that you know people put out baits that are basically aimed at other species, or what we call deliberate poisoning of you know when you're protecting your crops. The other big incursion of the uh, population is power line collisions. And um, also, as we all know, our grassland breeding habitat is uh, slowly being changed to afforestation, you know, with alien pine and gum trees. There's also mining, agriculture, and the worst of all, development. And that takes away a lot of their beautiful habitat, their grass, grassland breeding areas. Although Probably stable at present, but uh, but with these increased threats, as I just mentioned, this could easily trigger future declines unless appropriate conservation measures are implemented. But the South African government has enforced a legal protection for the blue crane. Other conservation measures have uh, been implemented. Uh, they're basically focusing on research, you know, habitat management, education is one of the big points, and. Uh, of course, recruiting the help of you know private landowners. Uh, therefore, you can see, as I've just mentioned, these things have been listed as vulnerable because it's suspected that it may undergo a rapid decline in the future. These birds are near endemic to South Africa, uh, with a small breeding population in well, the northern Namibia. Um, unfortunately, it's no longer present uh, in as a breeding species, as far as I know, in Swaziland. But it is occasionally seen in the Suti. If you go up there, you'll see uh, quite a few flocks up there. But uh, in South Africa, uh, numbers in the south and southwestern Cape uh, have definitely increased, also in KwaZulu-Natal. And, um, you know, as these species have expanded into agricultural areas, but um, I think overall the national population has fallen about more than half since the 1970s. The blue crane is um, is a very special bird to the Amakosa, who called it uh, Indwe, which means flag. Uh, every time a man sort of distinguished himself in the deeds of valor or any type of form of meritorious conduct, he was often decorated, you know, by the chief, by brings, being presented with the uh, feathers of this bird. Uh, it also has a big significance to the Zulu people, uh, where the kings and warriors, they used to wear single, you know, maybe many of their feathers as a, as a headdress. It's one of the smaller crane species, but um, the blue crane's plumage, it's like a silvery bluish grey, becoming a little bit dark on the upper neck. You should actually 
go into one of these um, bird guides that I mentioned earlier and have a look at the pictures, even on the web, and you'll see how gracious and beautiful these birds are. But the lower half of the head and, and, and nape is also uh, becoming darker down that side. The primary feathers are black or they could be slate grey. And uh, the tertial feathers of the wing are long, dark, and they dangle near the ground. You can see them, they come around the back. It looks like a tail, but it's in fact um, part of its wing. And that gives it this elegant appearance. The preferred nesting sites of the, of the blue cranes include you know, secluded grasslands and high elevations, as I said, where the eggs are laid amid, you know, in the grass or on the bare ground. In the agricultural areas, they nest in the pastures. And, uh, and if there were fallow fields and that, and in crop fields, where they use stubble and a bit of stones and that. So there's no real big nest that they make. They just put it um, together, especially in the crop fields where they use the stubble, which comes after, after harvest. Um, it's partially social bird, uh, less so definitely during the breeding season. Um, and there's a definite strict hierarchy in the group uh, with the larger males, that's the adults, uh, being dominant. Uh, we know they never. <laughs> but anyway, they overlap in these certain ranges with three other crane species, but mostly the, the wattled crane. You'll see them together a lot. And... Uh, and uh, but interactions with these species and, and maybe larger wader type birds are, are not really known. They um, relentlessly aggressive to various other animals, especially as I said during the nesting season. They will attack uh, non-priority species such as, and believe it or not, cattle, tortoises, plovers, and I'm telling you, even sparrows. But the biggest thing you must be aware of: be careful about approaching these cranes specifically during the breeding season, which happens to be in our summer, so roughly from August to April, because humans are also attacked if they, if they approach uh, you know, the nest too closely. And, um, and the aggressive male will, will tear your clothes. They've been known to tear clothes and, and draw, draw blood in, in certain cases. So if I were you, stay away from them, but just have a good look at them from a distance. Well, did you hear that, listeners? That was the call of the blue crane. <laughs> As you could hear, they actually make quite a noisy call, especially in flocks. And then both of the sexes utter this loud guttural. As you could hear, this bugle-like. I didn't see, no, it wasn't quite good, was it? You know, I think maybe it's better to play this and listen to my voice most of the time. But the pairs actually perform a duet and dancing and, 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 and jostling, you know, around. And it's actually quite, quite, quite great watching these uh, beautiful animals perform these dances. They, they, they engage in a courtship dancing, which they bow to each other, and then they leap in the air and take short runs and um, toss up bits of grass and small mammals even sometimes into the air. Then uh, the pairs then break away from the flocks and take up the occupation on their breeding sites, as I've mentioned earlier, a little slightly more elevated, but away from from each other. They they at least uh, at least two three hundred meters or so apart from each other, 
And the small ones, when they come out, they make little soft peeping sounds until more than about a year old. Then they, then they start making sort of the adult sound around about 10 to 11 months, but only capable of the full bugle sound around about 16 months. There is evidence that actually suggests that the blue crane is primarily a vegetarian and eats these small bulbs and seeds and roots, but uh, however they, they do eat a variety of insects, you know, like locusts and caterpillars, grasshoppers, beetles, termites, uh, even some worms and crabs, fish, frogs, reptiles. Um, they often reported doing damage to, you know, they are in this agricultural landscape and they and they do damage to various agricultural uh, crops like wheat or barley and lucerne. Uh, in most cases, the birds are just merely feeding in those areas when they're damaging on spilled grain. In, in, the, in the Overberg, they really feed it from feed bins that are set out for the sheep and ostriches. Uh, but birds feed mostly by pecking and they do so, you know, using their bills. They are single brooded. Um, they normally brood about once a year. They normally always lay two eggs, uh, which are basically incubated by both the sexes. The incubation could last about 30 days uh, when both eggs will usually hatch, but uh, due to certain sibling aggression, sometimes, as per usual, uh, only one chick is reared successfully. The male will always take the primary role in defending the nest against the possible dangers, uh, as I mentioned to you before. And um, when the chicks start growing, the uh, initial growth is basically centered on their legs and their thighs, giving them this really ungainly type of appearance when they're young, but uh, making them very fast. Uh, they normally fledge, which means first flight around about three to five months of age. If you really want to see a blue crane in their natural habitat, uh, here in South Africa, the blue crane is most prolific in the Cape, uh, especially in the, in the Overberg region. Uh, the largest number of blue cranes will be found in the Western Cape, around about plus minus 12,000 birds. There's a smaller population in the northern and eastern Cape, it's about, another, I guess, about 5,000 birds, and the rest are scattered around in the, in the remainder of its current um, distribution range. Um, these are the three, as I said, the, the first being the Overberg Swatland region of the Western Cape province, and the second, as I said, is the central Karoo population, which is the southeastern region of the northern Cape province and um, the western regions of the eastern Cape province, uh, which extends to the southern regions of the Free State. And the third, as I tried to mention earlier, is um, situated along the eastern section of the country, which includes part of, part of um, Pumalanga, um, the northeastern areas of the Free State, and even parts of KwaZulu-Natal. But in the Overberg, you like to see a lot of the cranes along many of the agricultural roads in the region. Uh, the Overberg wheat belt and the, the Gullis Plain are, I reckon, about the blue crane's favorite areas. So if you're in the grasslands and the agricultural lands, just look around. I'm, I'm almost sure you'll see them there. And they're often flying overhead uh, when you're on the roads in the Overberg area. In fact, you know, you really can't miss them as they really, really are such beautiful, graceful birds when they're in flight.
but there are a couple of um, reserves and uh, parks and gardens which I'll mention now that you can actually go to to get a glimpse of these uh, beautiful elegant cranes. The one is uh, Kandwe, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, the private game reserve, Kirstenbosch Botanical Gardens, um, in the Austin Roberts Bird Sanctuary in Pretoria. You can also go there, Lagrange or Lagrange Bird Park in Boxburg. In Natal, you've got the Zoological Gardens, Falurin, uh, Falay Nature Reserve. Yeah, there's the High Over Wildlife Sanctuary. And the Vonnebom Nature Reserve. These are all areas which you can see this graceful, as I said, this beautiful blue crane. And, I, and if you've got any questions or you want to speak to me about anything else, please, listeners, don't hesitate in just sending a comment over the uh, Chat Sapphire Facebook. And um, anything you want to say, anything you want to comment about these things, uh, some things that I need to know as well. Please put them in the comments and let us know. And, and all I can say is uh, just enjoy yourself out there and great birding until I, until I chat to you guys again in about two weeks' time. This is from Big Al. Out.